Saturday. This is Stephanie March with the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. Today, I am being joined by Miss Meredith Deeds in the seat. Yes. How are you? I am so good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Is this the. You were on earlier this summer, I I think. Yeah. But we haven't seen you in a while. I know. I miss you guys. What have you been doing? What have you been up to? I'm waiting for the call. Just sitting just by the sitting phone, waiting for the call. No, not much. Just enjoying this beautiful summer. We kind of, I know. Um, we decided this summer, it's like you wait all winter to get this yeah. moment. Yeah. And then we leave and go somewhere else. And, and go somewhere else. Do that? Yeah. So, no, this summer we are enjoying it and, and it has been great. It has been great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were in Boston? I was. Okay, briefly. Now that I just said I've been sitting I know you've been sitting summer, at home, but you were in Boston. I was. You the, liar. But for a few days to see my son who lives there. Um, but, uh, and that was terrific. And Boston, oh my gosh, we had some good food Did you? Why was I going to say, what'd you eat in Boston? So, um, we went to, oh, <gasps> all right. If you go to Boston, anybody out there, go to a restaurant in Chinatown called uh, Shoujo. Shoujo. S-H-O-J-O. Okay. With a couple of umlauti With things. a couple of things. <laughs> yeah. And um, they are, they do kind of a, a modern, twisty, hip, happening take on, on some Chinese food. Yeah. And they did, um, and it's all small plates and... It's uh, loud, and and I brought the demographics up, like, many, many years. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but fine. Gotcha. They, we had, they served a steak tartare that was incredibly seasoned, but they served it with crispy scallion pancakes. And oh, get me to there. Yeah. Seriously. So, so the steak tartare had the Asian flavor, the sesame yeah, kind yeah. of flavors mm-hmm. Probably and, a little and an egg yolk on top <gasps> yes. and then you know scallions and whatnot but then these crispy scallion pancakes they yeah. served it with that combination of food i will remember that for oh that is gonna be and every other thing they served was delicious they served fried green tomato bao you know yeah and it was so good oh god that's really fun with like a um, spicy mayo on it and yeah they did a lot of fun things it was uh, you know clearly shoujo shoujo yeah meredith is talking about shoujo in boston shoujo in boston so that was my that's my hot take on the boston food scene get yourself to shoujo i am all about the idea of of mashing up Japanese or Asian cuisine and, you know, Western cuisine. I know that's a weird, I know the whole fusion thing, but I think of it more of a mashup and like sort of, yeah. I think taking the tr- the techniques and the way of cooking and right. a lot of the flavors and just marrying them is kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, if you do it well and if it yeah. works, right? I think, I think people are really only critical when it's like, when it's like, yeah, like, oh, oh yeah. Like so much soy sauce or so yeah. much like, right. let's just do it like it's this. It's just too much. Let's jam everything in a bouta. But when yeah. you put something in your mouth and you think, Oh yeah, yeah, this is great. You're, you're not you're not going to sit back and go, but no one should have done this. I know. Let me <laughs> tell you, <laughs> the best example of of uh, adapters, really. And and if you want to if you want to go into that appropriators, <laughs> but not really, it's Japan. I mean, all that they do is they take the things that we make and then say, you know what, you haven't done that quite right yet. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go whiskey. Let me just fix that for you. Right. Beer. Let me just, I'm just going to tweak just that a little bit. A little, uh, it's going to be a little bit. Yep. Mayonnaise. Yep. You <laughs> could, this could be better. <laughs> With a little MSG. Yes. And you know what? It is. It is. David Chang's favorite pizza spot. 
Japan. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. They take everything and make it better. And so let them is what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> like, right. just let it happen. It, it can happen and it's all right. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Exactly. I And my kids happen to be Japan, like, obsessed, you know? So it's like... As they should be. I know. There's some good stuff there. There's some really good stuff, so... Yeah. A lot of good stuff. Um, okay, so I went to go eat at cute little Douay Focaccheria. Oh, how was that? And that is kind of an interesting place. I was very... So this is a new spot in Macroveland, I guess is what we're talking about. Right. Fairview and Randolph. Right. Used to be a coffee shop. And uh, it's by the kids who own Italian Eatery over on Nokomis. Do you ever go there? Have you no, ever been there? No, I have not been there. Yeah. It's um, it's really cute. It's it's. I didn't realize it was going to be like... Uh, walk-up service. So it's just counter service. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I thought that that was interesting because it is a small place. Right. You know, but um, what they're doing is, so there's a little tiny bar for seat. There's like like two or three seats at the bar, basically. Right. And then there's tables, community tables, and like rails and everything else. They really kind of think want it to be a, you know, just sort of a pick up and go thing, or you can sit and have drinks and, and stuff. But the whole idea of focaccia and focaccia baked every day right. is Awesome. Do they have a whole bunch of different kinds and you can They don't have a bunch of different kinds, but they do st- I mean like you can do things oh, kind of okay. with it. Like they have sandwiches sure. and then they have um they have all their cheese boards have the focaccia with it for nice. crackers instead of sure. And um and they have, you know, salads and stuff like that. But it's just like it's I will it's really like a nice it's got a good vibe. It's got a great, you know, kind of like rustic and homey vibe that is I don't find a lot. In those neighborhoods, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a little harder. I was there with a friend who is a St. Paul girl and she's like, is St. Paul ready for this? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, St. Paul, you're ready. You're ready. But it was awkward to see because you walk in and there's a kiosk. You don't, there's not a lot of direction of like where you go or what to do. Right. So there's a kiosk to your left, you know, and you kind of either figure out, okay, people are sitting at tables you know, it's because there's not a lot of like hung signage yeah. that says do this because they are trying to be that more part can rustic. Be confusing, right? Yeah, yes. but it is confusing. Yes. And so they kind of go and they like sat down, you know, or they like, do we wait? And then they, so then, and then the so hard by part kiosk, is. kiosk, you mean a computer that screen. you're putting on, yeah, you, that mm-hmm. you're submitting your order online yeah. via an iPad or yeah. some tablet. A little thing yeah. sitting there with the menus sure. held above it. Or you could go step up to the bar and get taken i think you have to order your drinks separately too so that is a little awkward but yes. those kind of things all have to get figured out and 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 it's happening more and more right I, when uh, when i was in boston there were a couple of times we did lunch somewhere salads or sandwiches or something and they that was the form of ordering did you think that boston was more expensive i mean by a lot i always feel like of course it must be but i don't think so no i don't think it was more expensive i see i actually love boston and because my son um has lived there for a few years i've been there several times in the last few years and it's just such a wonderful uh walkable manageable city and it doesn't feel a lot more expensive to me not like new york feels san francisco feels a big jump up yeah Boston, I don't know. Maybe I just like it and I'm ignoring it, but um, I didn't find it to be... Or maybe it was the places we ate. I don't know. Boston does feel a little bit more homey. It I don't does. know what that deal is. If I, it's honestly, like, I think it's the size. It's not nearly the, yeah. as large as a lot of other cities. I think people think of it because it's been in our zeitgeist for, you know, like 300 Forever, years. Forever, <laughs> since the beginning. <laughs> since the beginning. But, um, but it isn't that big a city relative to the other cities. And I just feel like if you stay downtown, you can get to... Every part of yeah. the South End, Chinatown, everywhere you want to go, almost North End, 
just you could probably walk yeah, at all. I and know. So, yeah, we ended up I though when I was there was many years ago for well, I was there for opening an ocean air. And then oh, okay. and that was lovely and fun. And then good place to do it. They know their seafood. Yeah, that, that and I think it was I don't know if it's still there or not. But anyway, they I also was there looking at colleges. We looked at Boston College for oh, that's Matt, a good one. And that was uh and that was like a fun thing to be able to walk around and hang out and, and kind of check out the schools and everything else. Yeah. But it was, it didn't seem more expensive to me there, but it was, um, I wondered about like if they were doing, you know, tip, if they were doing like added tips or, you know, how they were all approaching that kind of thing. Right. Did you I had, notice? I'm trying to remember which one it was. One restaurant we went to for dinner um included the tips yeah and i made a note of it thinking i just love that and i wish we could do that. i know and so you didn't have to tip because it was just no part of yeah it was a already, service charge or yeah, whatever they've yeah. already included it in i had a big discussion with some people about that earlier this uh this week and it was it was interesting to me you know the people's takes in terms of like some of them had been traveling and they were in san francisco and they were like right. everything is way expensive there but it's like now specifically eating out is so expensive there that because they add because there's already uh, a fee for the environment and then mm-hmm. there's a health fee on there and then and then you tip but they're also what's the health fee for I, for for health insurance oh, like the the, the restaurant it. sort of says sure. well we have to pay insurance so you have to yeah. pay insurance and mm-hmm. all this kind of and it's just crazy and they're and they're not just rolling it into the price they're no. actually well the prices are already high anyway yes, which is weird yes. because it is such an agricultural hub in a weird way right you know you would think that i mean they live in like the biggest best growing region in the whole country See, i why I wouldn't it be cheaper i don't like i i like and I don't mind that they put all that into things. I but what I want them to do is more like Europe, where like when you go to Spain yeah. and you see something costs ten euros, that's what it costs, right? And yeah. you don't pay any more for tip or health insurance or anything. They've rolled it in. Yeah, I would rather there. that too. And and I know that when an item is on the menu and it costs X amount, that's what I'm paying, and there's nothing else to it. I yeah. don't have to think about think how about much it. tax is going to be. Yeah. Or tip or Japan anything. too. Same thing. And I get good yeah. service there. It's not like people right. are, you know, you don't you don't get bad service any no. more than you would no. here. No. I think I think Americans we have to learn to get we have to we have to get ready for to change the way we think about it yes. and just accept the higher price of something. Yes. And just walk and just wash clean. And people were like, Well, you're gonna lose the good service. I said, No. You know, there's some institutions that will take care of their people with the, because of the price, no matter what, like the Manny server who makes 70 grand, they will still make, you know, those kind of monies because the service charges on those bills will still equate that. Yes. It'll just get spread around a little bit differently. Exactly. And you know, we know how hard it is on the back of the house Yeah, to get, people to and work there why is it and okay not, that like the server in the front tipped. just because he happens to be selling like a giant steak and he's right. making 70 grand versus the guy in the back who's cooking that steak and is getting 15 bucks an hour exactly it's a weird thought when you really really do and that's the thing is we have to sort of dig down into some basics and really understand of how we can reconstruct it so that it works for everybody because if nobody's going into the restaurant industry to cook because it doesn't they can't afford to live we don't have restaurants exactly so we got to figure it out exactly and and we can't have this huge disparity between the front and right. the back and it i don't think they yeah most of them don't want that you know what i mean but minnesota right? is a weird place where they tell you can't be told what to do with your tips Okay, this is all, this could be like an entire show. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're actually going to talk about farmers market produce because it is. 
peak season, people. It's the moment. It is. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We are going to talk about State Fair, but not our State Fair. And we have some fun uh, food trivia things coming up. So this is the Weekly Dish. We're brought to you by El Burrito Mercado, and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today on this gorgeous Saturday. I think this is going to be a good one, you guys. It's a beauty. It's my weather report for the day. Good one. It's a good one. Good one. Um. Okay, so it is, I mean, I think this is funny because we cram the farmer's markets in, like, April, hoping to God to, like, find something to there, and, and then and we talk about them and we celebrate them, and then, like, now it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, no, it's good. But right. really, this is it. This is it. This is the time. Strike. Yeah. Strike while the iron is hot. Totally. I mean, farmer's markets are booming with totally great things and overflowing with all the produce. Yes, they are. And tell me about what is your favorite thing at a farmer's market to pay? Like, what is, uh, like, if you, if you had to only had $5, what would you buy right oh, now? Oh, $5. I know. I would, well, things I don't grow at home, I guess. So okay. corn would be a big one. Right. I, I just feel like every day during prime corn season that yeah. you're not eating corn is, uh, is a day lost. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just go back to bed and try again because um you got to have corn this time of year. Um there is uh there is something about also, you know, I know we're going into the state fair time and we're not going to talk about our state fair. I know. But um there is something about um yeah, just sort of feeling like that's sign- like it all wraps up into it with for me, like yes. the corn and the state fair and yes. like the end of summer and the whole thing. Because you cannot do the state fair without, without the having corn. the corn. Yeah, that's nuts. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, no they redid their corn booth. By the way, I heard. Okay, I'm excited. I know. Um, so basically. I for me, it's always looking at those cukes, you know, that are there uh-huh, and uh-huh. seeing these buckets and barrels of cukes, and I'm right? like, I kind of want those, and I want to pickle like the little ones that you yeah. pickle. I want, I want to pickle. You want? To. I want to can, and yet, and yet I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, <sighs> you know, you know. Here's what I say to that. I think that you should buy a moderate amount of yeah. cukes and make refrigerator pickles, That's which are much easier, much easier than the actual canned pickles, which you have to go through a lot of other rigmarole to make work. Right. But I mean, not that that's all that hard. And I love to, I love to can, but, um, but it is easier to do refrigerator pickles and, and they are delightful. They are great. Although I still have some like pickled jalapenos. I realized this. I like, I went through my fridge the other day and I was like, wow, wow. Stuff at the back, like yeah. jars of stuff that I had pickled last year. Yeah. Should probably get rid of that. I have, I actually have, I pickled um, green cherry tomatoes. Oh. At the end of the season last year, right before frost, when I had to like harvest or, right, right. or lose it all. And they were terrific, but I learned something about myself. I can only eat so many green pickled tomatoes. tomatoes. Like it just made you yeah. ill or it well, just, it just it's, you know, it's just there's like you hit your, and, yeah, yeah, you, with pickled your plateau. anything, it's wonderful. And then you kind of just hit your limit yeah. and you're like, okay, I'm done with that. Yeah. I had a lot of, like, I did a lot of jalapenos last yeah. year and I realized oh, I was like, see, I was going to give those away. I didn't. No. I don't know. But here's the thing about those. Those are the things I do use because um, you, it's not, you're not sitting there just eating Right, those. that's true. Those, those are go in Those things. are condiment, or those are a garnish, yes. or an ingredient. Yes, or an ingredient. Where you're right. You're just sitting there popping those tomatoes right. in your face. Yeah. And, and they're good, good, you know, for a while. So tell me about your tomato crop, mm. because you have... Yeah, I have a lot. Anybody that... that Follows me on um, Instagram or wants to just look at my Instagram account, yeah. MeredithDeeds.com. 
Uh, no, and Meredith, at Meredith Needs. Me, at me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Don't want to confuse things. Right. Um, anyways, you'll see my picture of my uh, tomato crop. It took forever for the tomatoes to ripen. Yeah, whatever. I, it took forever. and um, But when they came in, man, did they come in. And here's the thing. I am a 100% container gardener. Because oh, you um, are. I don't have any like land that is in yeah. sunshine that that doesn't need like a container to yeah. access it. So I um, plant tomatoes in those big, huge like they're they're almost like troughs, like cattle troughs. Yes, like, yeah. You my friend Kelly does that Amazon too. Yep. For not very much money, yep. and um, I plant. I, I've got like nine tomato plants and pepper plants and herbs and all that good stuff. And my tomatoes, I have babied because I haven't traveled very much right. this summer. You've been home. I've been there to prune and to fertilize and to. I oh mean, wow! My, my children, you think, have caretake. My children think I care more about my tomato plants <laughs> than I do about possibly, them. and it's possible. Um, but uh, now they're in, and I am like just harvesting and love it. But here's the thing, and this is what I think everybody runs into in the summertime: if you grow anything, or if you go to the farmer's market, and you just can't resist. You got a lot of stuff, and then what do you do? It's all ripe at the same time. Right. Then what? Then what? And and now we have solutions, though. We have solutions. What's your solutions? Give oh, us some stuff. Well, I eat it three, I eat tomatoes <laughs> three times a day in various forms, but if that isn't even enough to clear the to clear the inventory, I, I roast them. Do you? That's I the big thing. Them, and I'll either, I'll, I'll cut them in big, thick slices, like I'm talking like an inch and a half. Yeah. And season them lightly with a little bit of salt and pepper, and that's it. And then roast them like in a 300 degree oven for like a while, mm-hmm. for a couple of hours, maybe more. And then I'll either um, puree or to make a sauce later, yeah. or I will lay them out like on parchment paper in rows of, you know, slices in rows, and then kind of fold the parchment paper over, and like, I'll, and then another row of tomatoes and fold again and fold again so that you kind of end up with a stack of. Um, roasted tomatoes that I can then put in tarts and in sandwiches and in um, anything I want, you know, yeah. sauces later and like chunky. That's how you preserve them. I mean, like you put them on parchment paper and you fold them and then you yeah. put them so in the fridge or I'll is put you like four? No, and then I'll freeze oh. them. I'll, I'll oh, put you'll like, freeze um, them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that's a really good way because and then, you then pull, here's, here's why, okay, and, here's yeah. why the, and I'm trying to, um, help you envision what I'm doing. So I've got a rectangle of parchment paper yep. on the short end. I might line up four big slices of roasted tomatoes and then I will fold them over. Yeah. And so I've got now another piece of parchment paper mm-hmm. and then row them and, and then fold row, them again yeah. until you end up with just this sort of, you know, pack. pack. And um, I freeze them and then the, the reason for doing that is then you can unroll them and use some of them. Oh, smart ski. And, right. and you don't have to thaw out the whole thing. Yeah. Because thawing and freezing and thawing and freezing, it just it just hurts the it just it just degrades the product if you do it. So okay, so how do you? And so if you want to use them after they're frozen, what do you do? Do you just let them thaw naturally, or do you toss them into yeah, a pan? Can, it depends on what you're doing. What you're going to do with yeah, them? Yeah, if okay. I'm going to cook them, I'll just you know I, I I could chop them up and toss them in a pan, or if I'm going to put them in a tart, maybe I'll let them um, maybe I'll let them come you know yeah. to thaw a little bit or. In a sandwich, I'll definitely let them thaw whatever. Yeah, I'm in doing. the fridge or something yeah. for a while. Yeah, but they yeah. are good. 
They're good, and you can and you can roast those as long as you want, so that you could even get um, so if you're like sun dried type of right. So if you're gonna roast them, just a basic for people who are thinking, oh, I'm gonna do this now. What's your like? You okay. would roast them at what temperature, and how would you parchment do it? lined parchment lined uh, rimmed, rimmed yep. baking sheet? Yep. Um, and then th- I I think I typically do 300 degrees, you know, in that range. Yeah. And I drizzle them with a little bit of olive oil and a little salt and pepper, and let them go. And and it depends on the length of time you roast depends on what you're looking for and how juicy those tomatoes are. Because right now we've had all this rain. Yeah. Tomatoes are juicy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot. A lot. Juice. And so, um, so it may take a little while to you kind of want to dry them out a You're little bit. To dry them out, yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. And, concentrate and concentrate the flavors. Those flavors. Yeah. And that's what happens. The sugars um, caramelize, the flavors concentrate. You get this intense dose, and you can keep them for months. So yeah. you know you're still eating them at Christmas, and we need it. In yes, like a good January. Lord, hello. <laughs> yes. Okay, this is good. You know, we're gonna take a quick break, you guys. We're coming back. We're gonna still. We're gonna continue to talk about some recipes and some ways to handle this beautiful produce season and what's in the market and maybe what's coming out of your garden. So we'll be right back. This is the weekly dish brought to you by Alberito Mercado. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Steph March. I'm being joined by Meredith Deeds today, yes, who is indeed. a prolific cooker and recipe <laughs> writer and maker and all things. So we are tapping her, especially her expertise, as we're talking about farmer's market produce. Yes. Because there's so much going on at the farmer's market. Even if you go, you guys, and have no idea what you're going to buy, just go and walk through oh, and true. just like... To me, that's the joy of yes. like tomorrow I'm going to get up and I'm going to head down to the Minneapolis one. And I'm like, just I have no idea what I'm going to no, come across. And you shouldn't. That's the best way to do yeah. it. Yeah, and, and then buy something you don't even know what yeah, it is. Yeah. And then go home and figure it out. Well, and la- the last time we went, Jake and I, he was somehow drawn to this kohlrabi. And the guy behind the <laughs> counter was like, yeah, it's a kohlrabi. And Jake's like, well, what is he's like, what does it taste like? He's like, he's and the guy started telling him all the things he should do with it. And what it was great. Say? And he was like, basically <laughs> peel it like he's like, chop off the parts and then peel it like a carrot with a carrot peeler and then right. eat it like a pear or like an apple. You can do that. Yeah. And yeah. Jake was like, really? And he's like, yeah, just do it. For like fun. salads and yeah. things. Yeah. We chopped it up and put it in stir fry. Sure. Because that was good. That, but, I'm sure that it was. I know. Kohlrabi. What, what can't you And you can't fry? really find kohlrabi at like your grocery grocery store. Because right. after that. We were like, oh, let's go get some more kohlrabi. And then, you know, because we just thought we could go to the grocery store and there would be kohlrabi. Exactly. There was yeah. not. A lot of people get it in their um, in their boxes. CSAs. And CSAs, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that you can find it at some of the market stands, you know, like the untights. Mm-hmm. Some of them have them, but mostly not. It's fine. It's fine. You, you have should... to just, or you can go to the Asian market stores and get those. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I think you can find it at United Noodle and I you can find you can. it at... Shuang her and all the rest. So right. there's that. Um, okay, so for me, tomatoes, have, I've not had a successful season. Although, so let's talk about it. I did not really necessarily try hard. <laughs> Let me be honest with you guys. And I've kind of been letting Shanson shine with her, you know, her uh, her garden stories because she's yes. so she's doing so well up north and right. it was the first time. And right. let her have at it. And I, my, because I have a swamp garden, you That's know. That's tough. It was it was too wet. It was too wet it's for been, so long. It's been a wet for every yeah. It's it's been a rough season that way. <sighs> and like the swamp is sort of overtaking. And so like I have been fighting back the the cattails and reeds growing into my garden beds oh. because they come from underneath from the swamp. Well, and how far can you dig down into that soil before you get? You can't. Like I don't have to water that garden. That's the point. Yeah, right. Because it is so wet. But so and I was wondering if that was what was killing because I did get a couple of the beds you know planted sure and tomatoes and the cukes and it sort of 
I, I honestly, it was almost too hard to, because there were times where I couldn't get back in there because it was so soupy. And then there were times that like, like now, like the grasses and the weeds have grown so big. There's just, the battle is it lost. It just isn't working. This the is the first is year you've tried there, right? No, last year I had a great year at the, in oh. that garden. Last oh, year, just too wet. this is just too wet. I couldn't get in it. So right. I, that's fine. Is it a raised garden? It It's so there, there's beds, but they're old, you know, so they're kind of. You know, wonky. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but there's, but here's the other thing is I planted, I did a container of tomatoes up near the driveway, just yes. like closer to the house. And before I knew it, I guess I didn't think that deer would eat tomatoes. <laughs> oh, yeah, they will. I did not. I don't know they why will. I didn't think that. Right. But they sure as heck, I was like looking at this great one that I had and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. The next day it was gone. Yes. So all kinds of wildlife will eat your tomatoes. Yeah. Chipmunks and squirrels. Is that the deal? Oh, oh. Okay. They're, they're stealing and, all and, my things. And I don't mind donating a few tomatoes, mm-hmm. you know, to a chipmunk or a squirrel. But um, they'll eat one bite out of oh, that is all the your worst. tomatoes, and then be like, "This is not good. I don't oh, like I, it." I want to move on to this yes, next no, one. Mm-mm. Exactly. They're no, maybe maybe this one will be tomatoes. better. Maybe this one will be better. Exactly. So no, I, I don't like that. But that usually happens when it's drier out. Like they're they don't they're they're not really trying to eat the tomatoes so much as they're trying to get the moisture out. of yeah, them. Yeah. Okay. And so you know, so there's ways to help that. Yeah. But this year it's not so bad because it's there's been so plenty wet. of water so. well you know and my neighbors have um an apple tree and then there's a crab apple tree down the road just a little bit and yes. the deer are, are like it's like their buffet like they're basically but i'm saying they hang out in our neighborhood because of this right. you know they're just and so like my hydrangeas all get chopped off at the head all my hostas are eaten if i don't spray like the coyote stuff you know right. but i've sort of also just given up <laughs> There's a point where you're like, I'm not going to fight the nature. Let's let I it know. go. At some point it gets, yeah. But, but I had emotionally invested, as we all know, yeah. in my tomatoes. So I, I'm I'm out there, like, I'll stand out there all night keeping those squirrels off. Will you really? <laughs> no, I won't. No, you won't. But, um, okay, so what are some other things that you want to tell people to do with the produce and Oh, stuff? gosh. So corn, yeah. you know, I am... All about, I love to make corn relish. If you go on to Star Tribune and type my name in and type corn relish, you'll, you'll see my recipe. I like to do that. And it's great on um, burgers and hot dogs and sausages and, you know, everything that you're grilling, fish, chicken, so good. And, and um, you're, you grill the corn and then you cut it off of, you know, and then make sort of a, you know, vinegar, a little bit of sweet and sour yeah. thing with it. And yeah. Some peppers and all kinds of good things. I like Easy that. to do. And it, um, it, you know, you can do it and then have it for the week, and it's yeah. good. Oh, good, that's good. I am a big, you know, we ended up, we end up like making a lote, but not on the cob. Oh, I do that a you lot. You know what I mean? I do Don't that, you? Like a salad. Yeah. So yeah, you just take your corn all off the time and do like the mayonnaise. We whip yes. a little bit of mayonnaise in the there, and then juice. and tons of cotilla and tagine. And yeah, and tagine. So uh, that is a um, Mexican. Um, uh, seasoning that is kind of a, a salty, spicy kind of thing. Yeah. So it's what they shake on the corn once they've slathered it in mayonnaise yeah. and um, and coated it in cotija. Yeah, you can find in the cotillas the cheese. And you can find it in almost any grocery store in the global Yeah, aisle. I mean, seriously. I think T-A-J-I-N. It's, yes. And that's, I, we've been putting in, I was putting on my quesadillas. I put it on, I put it on every, I just eat avocados sprinkled with tagine and just oh, yes. eat avocados straight yes. when I can afford to. Right. Um, <laughs> here's a thing. This was really interesting. I saw it on Bon Appetit or actually I saw it on basically, which mm-hmm. is the kind of that easy cooking thing because I also, I did, Jake and I did the weirdest thing the other day. It was like 
kind of hot, but kind of cloudy. I think it was maybe Monday or Sunday. And we were kind of trying to decide what to eat. And we were doing, we did, we made a dish that basically we eat in the wintertime, which was a sausage and bean kind of melange. But like it heated the house up. We were both angry by the end of it. You know, like I was like, I'm just hot and I'm just like over it. And I'm I'm just eating now. Like now I just, I didn't even want to eat this, you know, and it was delicious. But I thought next time I'm like, I can't. I can't give in. Like I'm, I'm already projecting to September. Like I'm ready to start really no, you cooking. Have to, you have to hold on. You have to fight it. I know. I'm not there you yet. You have to fight it all the way. I do. And so here's what I found: this no cook puttanesca. <gasps> yeah. I know. I thought about that, and uh, you know, puttanesca is a very salty, briny kind of, you know, Mediterranean. And yes. And olives sometimes. Yeah. And I thought about it, and I was like, God, that totally makes. A ton of sense mm-hmm. to do completely, yeah, something like that. And it's fresh tomato sauces are delightful, right? And instead of it being about you know like cooking and long and slaving and everything else, um, oh god, there's too many ad blockers. Um, that it's just the idea of taking like garlic cloves, grating them, uh-huh. you know, on and, like a microplane, yeah, yeah, so they come out really fine. You're not getting a big bite. That's of garlic. a really good idea. It is. And then taking, you know, crushing the olives and chopping and capers and tossing it with, you know, these, t- these tomatoes that are kind of all just like pushed together instead of making, making it a fresh, almost like a, I mean, it's like a gazpacho with pasta. Yes. Dear God. Yes. You know, the grating, I, I grate tomatoes an awful uh, lot. Yes. And I like, I love to do, um, the Spanish dish, the pan con Pane, yeah, pan con yeah, tomate. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And it's so it's just toast, a good like rustic bread. Yeah. Toast it, uh, uh, drizzle it or rub it with garlic, drizzle it with olive oil, and then grate your tomato and spoon. And I add a little salt and olive oil to my tomato and then I just spoon it on there. It's the simplest thing. It is the best thing ever. Yeah. And when you grate the tomato on the side of your box grater, it ends up like I take the first slice off the end off of the, the tomato. Yeah, okay. It's a little thin slice to kind of expose the flesh. Yeah. And then start grating it. What you end up with is just the skin on on your hand and none of it in the in it the doesn't thing. Yeah, yeah. The, just the flesh grates. And so the skin is off of it that easy. It's so simple. And um, I have it for breakfast a lot. You you fry an egg and put it on top of that. Yes, that's so good. good. I've done the thing also. Like we rub the bread. Like yes. you rub it with the garlic, but then yes, also you, you just rub it with the tomato, and do then the just rub it with thing. the tomato. Absolutely, and that kind of is a good way to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah, oh, that's good. I mean, now I'm all. I'm like, maybe I'll make some of that. Like tomato sauce, yes. you know what I mean? That's not sauce. It's just no, grated it's tomato. Just grated it's so tomato. fresh. You could, you could toss it. You could toss it with um, pasta or yeah. you know, season it with anything, and it is really good. That's a good grate idea. Grate your tomatoes. Grate your tomatoes. That's going to be the tip of the day, yeah. I think. Um, and yeah, grated garlic too is good. Grated garlic is excellent. Hey, you guys, we're going to take a break. We're going to come into the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So feel free to give us a call if you're looking for inspiration or you're looking for help with uh, produce that you're finding and what to do with it. Six five one. is our number, and we'll take your call. We'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for tuning in on this Saturday morning. If you want to give us a call, this is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. And you can give us a call at 651-641-1071. If you want to ask us anything, remember, you can ask about restaurants. You can, if you have tips and tricks and recommendations, if you're looking for recipe tips, Meredith is the consummate cook. <laughs> Better than me, guys. That's what I'm saying. Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, come on. Um, so that's kind of what we're uh, we're doing today. Um, 
We're talking a lot about produce. We're talking a lot about garden stuff because it is peak farmer's market season. What do you have a farmer's market that you love, by the way? Like is yours? Do you have all farmer's markets? Yeah. Um, But I I end up at Mill City. Do you? A lot. Yeah. Um, I like that one. St. Paul. Great. Um, London Hills has a Linden Hills one. Sunday Farmer's Market is yes. great. I like it because it's on Sunday. Yeah. And if I miss I the Saturday action, I can go on Sunday. Well, and that's, I can't usually go on Saturdays because of this. But, you know, and I could go after this. I right. definitely could. I just end up always doing other stuff. Sure. So I do like the idea of getting up on a Sunday and kind of going for a run and then heading out to the market. But yeah, having like, having like brunch at Talia and then heading over to that. That is kind of brilliant. That's a good idea. That is kind of brilliant. Um, there is, uh, there is, uh, today, I think, at the St. Paul Farmer's Market is the Chef Challenge, the Chef Collaboration Challenge. Ooh. So Marla from Marla's Cuisine uh-huh. is pairing up with Tig Nelson from Pajarito. Oh, really? And it's really cool. From Ooh, that te- would be interesting. I know. Because that's Caribbean. And- I know. Think about like a sort of... I love that. Sort of a chili belt, if you will. Yes. You know? So I think they're going to find things at the market, and then they create a dish, a collaborative dish, that then they let people... Like, then you get to sample it. Right. And so I think that's from 10 a.m. to either 1 or 2 today at yes. the St. Paul Farmer's Market. So should be gearing up. Um, and then, of course, you know, there's always stuff happening at the other markets. Like, there's usually great things, you know, popping around and events. We do. Okay. Hey, we do have a line. We do have a caller online. We have Cammy on the phone. Hey, Cammy, what's going on? Well, I just called in to uh, ask you a question about a restaurant. Okay. Or a restaurant suggestion, I should say, for uh, Bloody Mary um, Brunch Bar. Oh. And um, I know about Hell's Kitchen. I've been there. I've been to Happy Gnome. I love both of them, but I'm wondering if you have another suggestion. Oh, um, Anywhere in Minneapolis, St. Paul, Northeast. It's hard to beat Hell's Kitchen for Bloody Mary I know. Bar. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the king of all, or the yeah. queen of yeah. all Bloody Mary bars. Um, I just thought, you maybe have another suggestion because we've been there quite a few times. Yeah, sure. and then I was going to say, I do love, um, I do tend to love the Happy Gnome because they have their own signature right. mix. That's kind of right. beautiful. But at the same time, um, I think Burger Jones, by the way, has kind of a huge Bloody Mary They've got a crazy thing. Right. If you're willing to drive, uh, I don't know how far you're willing to drive, but there's a place out in Victoria. It's a gorgeous drive. It's called Floyd's. It's a great bar. And they have what they call the Weekender. And the Weekender is like a massive amount of snacks on a Bloody Mary. And that's a lot oh, of fun. Okay. Yeah, that's what the thing is. Oh, hey, go to a Twins game. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, oh, You can get exactly. a cheeseburger. Right? I have those too. Have you done the um, Ice House one? Do you know the Bloody Homer? Which one? At Ice House on Eat Street. No, I don't. Okay, they have a blood. They have a couple great Bloody Marys. One of them is made with bourbon, and they also do like they have a skewer of of bacon and a donut on it, and that's called the Homer. Oh my god! I know that's okay. a lot of fun. That's a good one. I keep forgetting about that one. And that's called Ice House. Ice House, and they have usually live music, and it's kind place. of a fun space. It is. Okay, and what's the very first one you said? Burger Jones. Burger Jones. They're kind of. They have a bunch of crazy ones. Also, Ike's. I forget about Ike's. Ike's. But Ike's either downtown, and they have one in the suburbs too. That's that's okay. a good place. All, All right. right. Well, great. Good. Thanks for your suggestion. Thanks, Cammy. Good luck. All right. We also have Kristen on the line. Hey, Kristen, what's going on today? Or Kirsten? Kirsten. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. I just we just received a foodie as a gift from our mortgage company, and uh, the foodie ninja. 
Oh, okay. I were like, I'm thinking I'm like, that a person was at your house. Yeah, they just gave us a person. Oh, they didn't. <laughs> Although a chef would be nice. But <laughs> the next best thing, I guess, is the foodie ninja. Right. So we are. My my husband is is kind of a cook in the family, and um, he's like, well, that's going to be yours. I'm not going to use it. He's afraid of it. I'm afraid of it. But <laughs> I've heard so much about it. <clears throat> And the Instapot from your show. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if you can give me like a, a a a newbie tip or something that we should try first to kind of get more acclimated to it and not have it just collect us. So okay, so it is. I've and I've never used the Foodie Ninja, no, and I mean, I and this either. is a pressure cooker, right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's essentially an Instapot. Um, from what I understand, it's just a different brand. Okay, so, and it's the same, you can basically do, and it looks like... Um, is it also an air fryer? Is it, Here's the thing, is it possible that it's also an air fryer, right? It is, yeah. Oh, right. yep. see, that might be the best wow. of both worlds. Wow. Because of the fact that that's the one Watch thing, out, like... I mean, that is, <laughs> Colonel Sanders basically rigged his his pressure cooker to be a fryer, and then that created all the world. Really? Um, yeah, that's, we're going to talk about that later. Wow. But, um, okay, well, so the funny thing question. was, I was going to talk about something during this segment that there was an article about all the things that you can Instant Pot, and someone was saying you can Instant Pot burgers. And I was like, no. Like, unless why would you do that? Yeah, why would you do that? But I think that you can, I think, I will tell you this, if you start simple with, like, eggs... And you start simple with like sure. doing. Yeah, here's everyone a, loves that. Here's a great one. I did this the other night. Uh, take frozen chicken breasts because I'm so it was too late, you know. So I took frozen chicken breasts out of my freezer. I put them in my instant pot, so you could put them in your ninja. Yes. And ten minutes, like with a cup of water in the bottom, ten minutes, and, and they are perfect. Fast. And then you shred them, and then I tossed them in hot sauce. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, right. It's so easy, idea. and it'll yeah. it'll go easy for you, and you'll be like, and it won't explode, and then you'll feel like, oh. <laughs> I can do this. Absolutely. Yeah. You should marinate those chicken breasts before you throw them in the freezer, and then you can just pull them out and throw them in that Instant Pot, and the, and it just drives that flavor in. Yeah. But that's also a step that I did not do. So yeah. no, that's all right. You don't have to do it. <laughs> but you can also throw things in your Instant Like, you could have thrown... You can actually take those frozen chicken breasts and then throw some sauce on top of sure. it. And then that'll cook it all up itself. Right. Right. And that won't, I mean, and that is like easy, like easier than you even think. And it'll give you that confidence of like, oh, I can do this. You know, beans are really good to do in the Instant Pot too, because they take so long normally and you can get, or pulled pork, things that take a long time. It's just fun to experience them in a much shorter period of time. Yeah. And I would say that oh, you might, I would even just go to the ninjakitchen.com and right, just see because they recipes. have some crisp stuff in there that we, the Instant Potters, can't touch. And I'm sort of jealous. Yeah, I'm a little. Yeah, so I'd be curious to see how that is. Yeah. All right. Good luck, Kirsten. Good luck. All right. Thanks so much. Um, the funny thing is, this article on Bloomberg was talking about instant potting, and and they're talking about these are things that maybe you don't know, like carnitas. You know what? Yeah, great. We can. We all know that you can do carnitas. Right. Um, baby back ribs. You know those. They're great on the IP because you know on the grill they get dried out often yeah. but in an ip you kind of can cook them and then you sauce them separately right or you could cook them and put them on the grill real quick that's the other thing that smoky flavor. and there's a lot of that where you can you know like pulled pork is one of those other things too where i don't really love the texture in the ip pulled pork but you could do it you know you can right. do it differently but i'm going to tell you this i'm not up for burgers in the ip so no don't do it that doesn't keep feel it right. on your grill
All right, we're going to take a quick break, you guys, and be back with the second hour. And we've got some food trivia. We've got some state fair talk. We've got some faves that you want to hang out for. It's a lot of good stuff on the Weekly Dish. We'll be right back. We're brought to you by El Burrito Mercado.